Boy Quattro back on the mic. Welcome back to Cafeteria Talk, the podcast where we talk about any and everything, just like the days at the cafeteria tables hanging with your boys. I already said I'm Quattro, so I'm Quattro. What's up, man? What's good, everybody? This is Nua, a DJ Nua. What's good, your boys? It's your boy Slick Rob. No introduction needed. You already know what time it is. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. Hey, y'all, y'all pray for our boy Kid Kev. He is uh, a little under the weather. Not COVID nineteen. My man's just got a little bug, and you know, so he he decided he was gonna stay in the bed and skip this ride, and that's okay. We love him, but my man, skip. We school. are back, man. Skipping school, boy. I'm gonna tell his mama. How y'all doing, man? How y'all been? Everybody chilling? Man, I'm, I'm not gonna lie. I'm finna go crazy, man. I'm, I'm tired of being locked up in the house. Uh, but you know, I, I've been. I've been. Are oh, you still locked up? Not well. I mean, yes and no. And then, you know, you go out, you see people without not wearing a mask and they coughing and you just want to go right back in. Oh, Lord. Like, okay. it's, it's, it's mean, disgusting out there. That's weird, but OK. That's a, I mean, that's I, a weird flex, but all right. I mean, I'm straight. I got back to working. I'm not liking it because these people don't know how to act in these stores. <laughs> but mm. I'm back to working and, you know, just yeah, finished see. school, passed all my classes. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Got A's and B's for the first time. Oh, bro. I got all A's for the first time since like second grade. Like usually I get A's, B's and maybe like a C in math, but I actually have all A's in all my classes. Shout out to college. I I low key got a 79 in my math class, but I'm hoping, you know, she she gives me that little boost. I think I think I think an 80 is not too hard to ask for. It really shouldn't. You know, what depends. It really shouldn't be. What's the decimals behind that 79? I have no clue. Like, like Mathway did had a had a weird way of doing it. Like, it would only show at least maybe I have to click on it or something. But it only would show like the the number. It wouldn't show the decimal uh, number at all. That means it probably oh, already wow. rounded up. So, you know, maybe she might she might show grace on me and be like, you know what? He came to every class, did every assignment, did his best, eighty percent. And if not, I mean, I'll take the seventy nine. I mean, I, I pa- passing is passing. She's get degrees, so right. Facts, ain't, ain't, nobody, facts. Ain't, nobody, ain't nobody really worried about it But y'all know how we do every episode Oh wait, let me do a little bit of business real quick A little bit of business You can follow us on Instagram You can follow us on Instagram At Cafeteria Talk Official You can follow us on Twitter At Cafeteria Talk If you noticed, I've gotten a little bit more active on the Twitter account Please follow us at Cafeteria Talk You also can uh, give us five star ratings and reviews On the Apple Podcast app We love to see those, read them they make us feel, you know, really happy to know that you guys are listening and engaging with us on the Apple Podcast app. And you guys know how we do every episode. We begin with a little icebreaker of sorts. We call that the put-on segment, where we talk about something we may have seen, heard, listened to, eaten, read, that we think you, our people, should check out. So I'm going to let uh, somebody over here go first. All right, you know what, I'll go. Who's over here? <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll go, I'll go. 
Um, so I'm gonna put y'all on this show on Netflix called Anne with an E. I don't know if you guys have heard of it. I feel like I have, but explain it, please. It's uh, it's set... is it about Anne Frank? N- no. Oh. It's set in it's like probably not early 1900s, like 1908ish era, and it's about this this little girl who is an orphan, and she was um taken in by these by these old siblings. And she's just because she's an or she's she's an orphan. She loves to read and she's very expressive, and and she's very just kind of open minded. And she just kind of says what's on her mind. And it's set in in the early nineteen hundreds, and that's not what you know women were known for. And it, it it's really it's just really it's just really well done. Like there's not really much drama or anything. It's just a very well put together mm. story. You know, there's got the elements like fish out of water of her going to school for the first time ever. And uh, her, um, you know, interact. She she goes off on this old lady who says that she's got fiery red hair and that she's terribly skinny. This that, 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 it, it, It's really good. Y'all check it out. And with an E. Uh, I will say it is an acquired taste. Um, if you weren't the best reader in school, you probably wouldn't like it. Because they make they make fun of people who can't read. Mm. For a second, I thought she would have meant like vocabulary wise, like it no, that, a that lot too. Of vocabulary words. That's what I was thinking. I was like big words, and I was like, Yo, oh, she uses like be, I must be too dumb. But when I tell you, she, she, she her her Dang, last name is S A T word. Oh, an S A S A T word. All right, bet. Oh so yeah, and they're from Canada, so this is S A T. Oh man. Yeah, and that gives me a, a it, second. Just I might do two put ons, y'all. What? Do what you gotta you me, do. You made me think of you made me think of a second put on, and I'm I think I'm gonna put both of them on. But I'm gonna let Rob go ahead first. Okay. All right. Well, my put on today is going to be on you a YouTube um channel called the Hollywood Reporter. It's basically where it's a roundtable of actors, producers, directors. Any type of thing in the entertainment business, just sit down and talk about certain things, like not even inside the entertainment business. Well, it's mainly dealing with entertainment and how that life goes and the life of fame. But it also talks about other stuff like what can go into detail about family and all that personal lives, balancing that stuff with like you kind of get to figure you kind of get to see how these people actually are in real life. And it's very interesting to see a lot of the creative minds that we look up to. Talk amongst one another. I'm going to go a little bit into that later with the Q&A, but yeah. Hollywood Good Reporter. Deal. Check it out. Good deal. YouTube. So I guess it's, uh, guess it's Quattro's turn. I'm going to put y'all on two things today because they're so great. I wanted to put y'all on both of them. First one I'm going to go with is this movie I saw. Oh, bit my tongue. Ow, that hurt. <laughs> this, movie I just, uh, this movie I just watched. It's called American Honey. It's a A24 film. Oh man, dang it! It's by I remember her last name, uh, Arnold Antonesia, Antonesia, yeah, Arnold Antonesia. No, ah, freaking! I don't, I don't remember the the, the director. Are you name. talking about the writer or director? The director. Uh, yeah, her 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 name is confusing. Her name is confusing as all get out, but. She did American Honey, uh, starring Shasha Lane and Shia LaBeouf. Really well done movie. Um, it looks great. I, I 10 out of 10 cinematography. It's beautifully shot. 
But movies like this, uh, A24 is like known for like their movies to be very loose and about life and very, um, they're not really concrete in terms of like story. They're very, they're very beautiful to look at, but like the story is something that you just kind of vibe with the movie. It's an uh, art another film, A24 film. Basically. Yeah, it's definitely, it's definitely an art film. And it's yeah. like, there's yeah, a like, story, but like the story is so loose. You can, you almost can't grab onto it and latch onto it and follow it. Um, and, it and that's what kind of, that's what kind of knocked it down a few pegs for me. Cause it just was like, I know there's a narrative here, but it's so loose. I, I just can't grab onto it. I can't really connect with this character because the character is just like, makes no sense. The relationship she cultivates in this film make really no sense. So it just was like, uh, but be- because it looks so well, like it made it, it made it engaging for me to stay, you know, glued to the screen. And then it was like two and a half hours long. So not only was it like the story was very loose, but it was two and a half hours long. So I just was like, and this movie should not be this long where the narrative is like really hard to grasp on. Well, grasp I mean, they're, like I said, like our films, are like most art films are like that. They're meant for you to speculate the meaning without actually giving you a story. Mm. like the whole yeah, point of it is like that. what does this mean and every answer is correct it's just abstract mm. yes yeah, yeah. so like abstract i would say oh like films that. like uh persona rob are you holding the mic yeah put it down before we, it's, you're gonna end up with a bunch of noise uh bro i can't i like i tried it's not gonna work y'all just been out to go with me bro oh god but uh yeah, I knew my situation. I wish, y'all would understand. I wish, I wish I could see his face right now. I wish I could see DJ Newell's face. It is what it is. I'm said it is what it is. Man, if y'all don't, but uh, <laughs> like it's just like my my first film studies class was literally straight up that it was just straight up abstract films like Persona, uh, Mulholland Drive. Those are the two that I remember because they were like some of the last two that we watched. Um. Mm-hmm. We watched this film called M, which is a German film. There's another one. Um, I've heard of that. We, we watched a lot, a lot, a lot of foreign films, but some of them didn't have a narrative. Yeah. Some of them had a narrative, but the narrative narrative wasn't the point of the movie. And I, I feel like that's mm-hmm. one. Of, I haven't seen it yet, but I feel like that's one of those movies where the narrative, the story, isn't the point. And if you're looking for the narrative, yeah. you miss the point. I'm not a fan of films like that, but I do have respect for them. Yeah. And, and it, it definitely, it definitely, I could definitely tell it like they were trying to use the visuals to kind of pander to me that this film is supposed to be good, which is great, but it just was like, but your film's not great. So it's like, love the visuals, but your film, you're, you're, you still got to have a story. But so that's my put on. It's more so I want y'all, I want everybody to check it out for themselves, see what they think. Cause I, when I went on Letterboxd and read the different reviews for, um, for this movie, they, they, people were praising it. You know, it's a, the next great allegory of the American dream. It's the, the next great, uh, film. I'm like, okay, interesting. Um, like I said, but you, yeah, so you that's take, my you first take like one. You take a few film studies class and you'll get what they're talking about. Even if it's not your thing, you'll understand why it's the way it is. It's about what what yeah. is the film supposed to make you think rather than what is the film about. But even that, like, even whatever the film, I, I'm, it's definitely worth a rewatch, a rewatch, knowing, like, because of how long it is. 
But like, even after watching the film, like what, whatever it was trying to convey to me or, or whatever lesson it was trying to teach me or whatever story or social um, thing it was trying to express to it me. It still didn't make sense. I didn't pick up on right. it. I still, I was like, what are, are you trying to tell me something about like being homeless <laughs> or, or like love, love in the streets? Like I'm trying to, can, can, I'm trying to figure out what you're trying to tell me here. What am I learning here? Like it, it doesn't really, eh. it's, it's just bad. like, it's literally like one of those, just one of those just hangout movies. And like, I recently just watched the Florida project by Sean Baker. It's a great movie. Y'all should definitely check that out. But, um, watching it yesterday. yeah, it Rob, I'm telling you, like it's gas, but, um, yeah, I, that movie, like I, I could definitely tell that, that, that movie has a very loose kind of wild narrative, just like, uh, American honey. But the story is a little more tightly woven to where I can figure out exactly what they're trying to tell me and what they're trying to convey, even though it's kind of like those art films where, you know, what is it, what does this scene, particular scene or, or thing mean? A, any answer could be correct, but you can still kind of pinpoint at least what they're kind of talking about in their film. This one, it just was like balls to the wall, do whatever you want. Mm-hmm. But what I, that's why I definitely uh, made this my put on so everybody can kind of check it out and see what they think because it seems like it's kind of on the on the scale of like everybody thinks what they want about it which is what movies are you know they're contextuals what you think it means like any art but uh, my second put on is um actually backstory so a few weeks ago I'm on Netflix it was late at night I'm like hmm I need something to watch so I ain't watched a TV show in a minute let me I've been diving in films let me find me a TV show scrolling through scrolling through and I see this show. It's called Kim's Convenience. And I was like, hmm, this looks interesting. I started watching the first episode. Have not put it down since. It's a Canadian uh, sitcom featuring a Korean family who owns a convenience store. Bruh. Bruh. Bro, just Bruh. that setup is amazing. It, it is. It is so a funny. Like, store. Mm. I haven't I haven't laughed out loud at a sitcom in a fat minute. And dog, uh, like I have been dying ever since man and it's it's so cool because usually see when you watch sitcoms especially being in america of course you usually see a few different cultures you see black white you may get a um a hispanic uh every now and every now and again but to see like a whole different culture a whole different culture um in a sitcom form was so interesting like I'm sure if I was like Korean, it'd probably be 10 times funnier because like, I watch interviews from people that like the show and they were like, it's literally like watching my childhood like on TV. Like it is insane. And I was like, yo, I mean, I'm, I think it's funny. Now, I'm, su- I'm sure it's 10 times funnier as actual Korean people. But yeah, it's it's actually and I, it's won tons of awards. The main uh, actor has won uh, best comedic actor a couple times in Canada, like I, it definitely holds up. I think it's an amazing uh, sitcom. Incredibly easy to watch. Like it's thirteen episode seasons. Each episode's like not even thirty minutes. Um, like I, I'm I'm on season three now. I burned through the first two seasons in maybe a week. So like this is definitely something a real easy watch. But those are my two put ons: American Honey and uh, Kim's Convenience on Netflix. American Honey's not on Netflix. You have to find that where you find uh, movies. But that is three movies. Y'all gonna get us. <laughs> I I didn't say it. I I I kept my sources secret. So see, bro, all you I had purchase I had to your bring movies, it back because y'all support the artist. I support the artist, of course. I'm I support the artist. Most Americans do it nowadays, and it's not okay. I'm not saying it's good. 
But it is what it. All right, let me see. Hey, <laughs> it is what it is. <laughs> yep. So you know, I, I, just think, I got an extra put on. Actually, I got an extra put on. Um, go ahead. Tubi TV, T U B I TV. It's an app. It's basically like Netflix, but it's free. Like one hundred percent. I think my barber used that. And like, I've it'll give you like that. depending on how like recent the show that you're watching is. Uh, you'll get like maybe an ad or two. I don't know if there's a paid version where you can get rid of the ads, but it's it, it's freaking amazing. Like uh, I've been going back and watching like old shows that I hadn't watched in years from like my childhood. Like, bro, I, I, I found the old Transformers animated TV show from like the 2007 around the time the first movie. You can ask on. me for that. I got the I got the DVD. Yeah, bro. I, I got all they have all three seasons. Bro, that's the like the, the real old one with like animated bulkhead and all them. Yeah. Whoo! That's that's a that's a that's a that's a back I need to, the to download that. Yeah, so like I've they they have that. About it. Uh my sister likes this show called Leverage, which is basically like a group of people who kind of like steal things, but like philanthrop philanth philanthropically. So like they're like Robin Hood basically. She would like that show. That makes a lot of sense. Watch her. Yeah, she she she's been on that show for like years. But every and every like every like year or so, she finds a new way to watch it. So like yeah. Tubi, it's just on Tubi. There's a lot of other a lot of good movies on Tubi too that you can just check out. Tubi TV. Tubi TV. Real quick before we move on to the to the nitty and the gritty, slick Rob, I just wanted to uh wanted to, I just, I know we're not doing sports, but I really wanted to hear your reaction to this. Becky oh, Lynch God. Oh, man. is becoming a mother. She's she had to give up the title to to Oscar last night. Uh, I saw that. Thoughts? What you, what did you think? I, I think I sent that in the chat. To, if I'm not mistaken, but I was I blown away. Sweet. I was I think I sent it hella late, but I was blown away and I was very surprised because Becky Lynch is one of the last people I would expect to get pregnant. But right, I my I liked it because WWE is in a they're in a in an open bubble. I would say like most of their creative mindsets have kind of whooshed away and kind of went away a little bit. And they're really in a rebuilding process in this new era of building stuff up. It's a new decade. So they have to really they have to really push out their new talent. They have no choice because most of the people that was making the money is now gone. So yep. since Becky Lynch is not going to be on a hiatus for at least, I would say, 12 months. Yeah. Or even longer than that, because she has to take care of that baby. It's yeah. really time for them to bring out the the talent from NXT and really get them on the main roster and really groom them. And it's it's in a they're in a really interesting filling out process. So I Definitely. was I was happy to see it. I was bummed because I like Becky Lynch because she's a very great performer. But you know, mm. you gotta move it on. Is, you gotta you gotta test out the new waters. Yep, and Oscar. Oscar's a beast, so she is. Yeah, but I think I think her tag team. I think her tag team partner is. I think her tag team partner is leaving WWE though because they haven't been booking her right. I would have to look more into that. So Uh, she's she's easily one of their like like probably like top five best in in ring performers. Uh, was that EO Iko something like that? EO EO Iko is one of those. Yeah, but yeah, um. I can't wait to see what WWE does because I think they had that dude Otis win Money in the Bank, which surprised me at all people. So surprised everybody. He was like, "What?" <laughs> they getting the fan favorites out there. So 
You got to. I mean, got to see what's going to happen. Like you said, because they're they're in a they're in a they're, I think WWE's in a whole nose that they're trying to to they're 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 literally they're uh they're they're filling up on water and that ship is sinking and they need to they trying they the Vince is using the bucket to throw as much water as he can out but more and more if he keep going in. Yeah, um, I just feel like uh, yeah. McMahon just isn't in a isn't in a position to run this anymore. Like his time is almost out over. But but then again, it's just like um, yes, in, in a sense, yeah. But like it's I I wouldn't say it's only it's only Vince because it's like Vince did it. Vince was making Vince was writing the stories when we got some of the greatest storylines ever: the Shawn Michaels versus Taker, you know, um, Stone Cold The Rock. Like he was he was he was he was there for all of that. So he definitely can make hard hitting you know ratings yielding stories. But like look look at the chess pieces he has to work with. It's just like ricochet and roman reigns like what do i what do i do with these people who just aren't great yeah he just made like bad gambles in 2012 on new characters yeah, exactly and so i just feel like he made those bad gambles now he's stuck with it it's time to move on bring new people from the nxt roster into your main roster we're in a we've been in a transition Rhea point Ripley. for the longest and we just haven't transitioned because mcmahon's just too stubborn to do what he needs to do and he's doing it, but he's doing exactly. it too slow. And now we that's why we're gonna keep seeing watching this Edge Orton match every time every he's retired. Right. Like, like well, at this point, well, we're I thought point that was like showing nothing... up at WrestleMania. Like, what are we doing? Well, <laughs> like, we can't I do anything good, so we just of... bring back the old characters. What is this? Is this WWE what? or is this Star Wars? I don't know, but Oh Lord. Edge getting a regular, actually traditional wrestling match will be fun to see. Because that yeah. last man standing, you know, he didn't really do much wrestling, wrestling, wrestling. He walked around a lot and just hit yeah. stuff. So actually getting, because think about it, he didn't really fight between the ropes. Fighting between the ropes is a whole different thing. So yeah, I think that's just a way to v- kind of groom him back in to get some normal matches here and there. To But yeah. Yeah, it didn't have to be Orton. It could have been somebody else. Seth Rollins for Rollins, man. Please, I want Rollins yeah. Edge so bad. Oh my god, that's gonna that's gonna be a classic. Um, but yeah, sorry about that, y'all boys. Oh, this is not sports. This is actually another cafeteria talk Q and A. You know, we do this once a month where we do a little Q and A. Uh, where we where we hear from the fans. We might do some. Uh, I don't know. So we might do some questions that we make up. Just 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 a general. You know, get to know us. Get to know what's on our minds. So this is our May Q&A. And this week we're going to be talking about creatives and our creative processes and how we, the people on Cafeteria Talk, create. So I'll start off with the first question. What does it mean to be a creative to you? Um, I, I guess I will go first. Um, Yeah, I'll let Rod go first. Yeah, I'm sorry about that. No, it's cool. It's cool. To me, being a creative is taking something, an idea that either popped in your head or that's been on your mind or that you've seen and finding an interesting way to bring it to life, whether it be through, whether it be through, you know, singing, dancing, possibly just speaking, um, writing, drawing. There's a lot of ways to basically... In the short stints, being a being a creative is taking something and expressing it in a different in a in a certain way that can 
spread out to people. Did we lose him? Man, we seem to have lost him. We're still doing the social distancing way of doing things where we are calling in and recording everything separately. And uh, we seem to have lost Slick there. But um, I I think I'll go. Um, What I'll say about being a creative, well, a creative person is just, it's going to piggyback off of what he said. I don't know. I couldn't hear him fully because he was going in and out, but he used the he used the term expression, and what I will say about that it is it's definitely finding a way of expressing yourself in a way that is interesting and engaging, or it, it doesn't even have to be that it just has to be like finding a way of taking your inner thoughts and your inner emotions and showing it to people. Right. And Sorry, I'm not the kind of, and I'm not the type of guy to say that everyone's creative in their own way because there are some people who don't have creativity. It's sad, but it's true. But it it's really about finding ways of expressing yourself. How slick are you back? Definitely. Yes, I am back. Okay, good, 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 good. We, we thought we lost you. Good to have you back. Ugly. Good to have you back. I would definitely say being uh, what it means to me is literally um, taking life, freezing it, interpreting it, and then regurgitating it. And then I like basically what Rob said, literally just taking it and, you know, interpreting, making your own interpretation of it and just creating something based on what your experiences or how you feel about something. Because, I mean, everybody knows art is subjective. Art's what you make it out to be. It can literally be right. whatever you want it to be. And so um, being, that being to me, it, it frees me to do so many different things, create so many different types of um, outlets to express myself, which is always great. Um, so as we move on to the next question, what is your medium of creation? How do you create? I'm going to let DJ Newell go first. Of course, you would let me go first because I do the most quote unquote flitting. Um, but uh for me it's honestly my my medium is just as long as i can entertain so like i've got the dj of course you know dj new check out my live streams every saturday night and uh friday night and whenever else i feel like doing it um so there's the djing there's the music production aspect of the djing as well and there's the you know occasional bars i'll spit on a microphone i'm not a rapper but i can rap um uh, then of course there's the acting like that when it comes to everything like I think acting is probably number one to me like if I can portray a different persona that's based from my emotions it's just something about acting for me that is um is therapeutic like whether it's be like I'm doing a serious mm-hmm. role or a funny role like you can just portray something else you can put on you just like putting on the facade or just even if it's just the entertain seeing people's uh day being better just because of what you did you know Mm. that's the same with the dancing stuff like that like at the end of the day if i have entertained you and i've made you feel better because of what i did then i feel like i'm i have succeeded yeah Hmm. Slick robbed. How do you create, my friend? 
Well, I've kind of, well, I'm not nearly on the same aspects of DJ Noob, but we share similar mediums. I, I don't do as much as he does when it comes to um, the acting side, but I've gotten back towards doing that. Um, back when I was in high school, I did do that. That was my medium, acting and dancing. Dancing was my main one. I danced a lot in high school and it was very, very fun. Um, and now I've st- when I kind of got out of high school, I started, you know, my medium of creativity I found through making videos and writing. And I and I would say when it comes to all those mediums, my favorite one is probably I would say writing. Well, it's starting to become my favorite because like it really shows how you can process and how you view things because like the certain things I've been writing about lately, um, cause I have a lot of, pro- I have a lot of projects that I write down and be put up all over my wall to like, I'm going to do this and do that. And it's always a different idea that flows through my head. Like anytime I have an idea, I write it down or I type it in my phone just so I can see if I can make something out of it, if it can be relevant. Because when I was little, not to go on a tangent, when I was little, people always told me, Hey, you going oops, I thought I hit the mic, don't, but they were like, hey, you're going to be this, you're going to be that. People always thought I was going to be a preacher. But, you know, me, because they said I like to talk a lot, which I do and don't. But I I didn't really, when I got older, I started to realize I don't think I can really be a preacher through just sitting on a mic, like in front of people talking. Even if I can, possibly, that would be good. But I just knew for myself, that wasn't me, like, per- personally. So... And I always tried to figure that out, like, what ways can I connect to people? So I did dancing and I could connect to dancing, but like, that was more like a hobby. That wasn't a true passion. And when I started, when I, when me and DJ knew it, when we made our little black, well, we didn't really finish it. But when we made our Black Panther series, that whole process of me, that was a real process for me. Like beginning stages of what I really want to do. I started to notice, I really do enjoy the whole thing of having a blank page and coming up with an idea, writing it down, forming plots, scenes, synopsis, characters, because through all those, that underground stuff can really develop something. And it can show how you, how you view certain things. Like it kind of teaches you within yourself. Like when I write stuff and I make, when I write scripts and scenes and all that, I'm kind of figuring out the type of person I am because when I look at the characters, I'm like, I always think, okay, how would I react in this certain standpoint or how this person would? It kind of shows me the type of person I am like when it comes to that type of stuff. Now, when DJ Newell said about acting, acting is so fun when it comes to the whole idea of persona. And I think personas and the way you carry stuff and off to people really can influence them. Like you can make their day better. And just by the way you, what you were doing by dancing or acting or even singing whatever i think that's very dope but i feel like when it comes to the writing standpoint that shows how you are how you really are as a person and how you can connect to people through writing and making videos that's that's me we like it and uh that leaves me um i have uh, some quite different uh mediums that i that i express myself through in case y'all didn't know, Quattro is an is a uh visual artist. Um, I can draw freehand. I'm trying to make the transition to digital 
Uh, God, it is so hard. You would think, you know, you're not drawing on paper. You're just drawing on an iPad or something. Big difference. It's uh, not the same. I, I find it very hard. It definitely is not. But shout out to uh, a friend of mine on Instagram, uh, Wisdom Rose. She started a an art Instagram, and I and I hit her up because she she mostly does digital right now. And I hit her up. I was like, Yo, how did you how do you make the, how did you make the transition? Because I'm I'm a pretty good like freehand artist. Like it's not my skill set. It's just I can't seem to figure this out. She was like, Well, you know, it is a learning curve like anything. But they do have. Um, they have screen protectors for iPads that are that are that are made just like paper. And so when I'm drawing, I can literally feel like I'm drawing on a piece of paper. So I've, I've already ordered some. It's on the way. And I'm going to try to see if that that helps helps out. So you're right. It, it's the friction and how, how it feels. So I'm definitely try that out. But um, I do express myself through that meet that mode of art. And I, I love it. I've been able to draw since I was um, and I, since I can hold a pencil, I could draw. I'm not. I could draw, but I've been drawing been since drawing. I can hold a pencil. I, I remember those yeah. drawings that you would show me, and like you were in like second grade. Like, yo, look at this. I'm like, it's. It, it, <laughs> Cyrus was goaded. I'm just saying, Cyrus, your drawings were always fire. Like even the little yeah, small they, they, sketches. They were. were they were better guess. than mine. They were definitely better than mine at the time. But I think it was around. The, I think around fifth grade, I started actually learning how to sketch shapes and stuff like that. And I think you were still doing like the same mm. thing. And then I don't know when, but I just kind of stopped. And the next, you know, you just and then I saw your drawings. I'm like, yeah, it, it was. When did this happen? I'll I'll never accept it when somebody tells me, oh man, I can't draw. Like oh, I can't. No, yes, you. It's literally practice. There's no yeah, it's way all about I'd practice. be. I literally. Every time I held a pencil, I was doodling. You can go in my notebooks for school and stuff. There's more. There's more doodles than there are notes. I promise you that. <laughs> like I, I I'm that. always drawing. So if, if you keep if you keep at it, you'll get better. But yeah, um, but drawing is definitely. It's probably my favorite. Yeah, it. I'm. I'm still shading. Is just. It's tedious. Like if you notice any piece I've done, usually doesn't take me a very long time. But it's just I don't really like to shading and a lot of my stuff isn't colored because it just takes so long and i don't like tedious work like that but i'm and i'm sure if i did put in the, the actual time i'd be a lot better but it's just my teacher span won't let me sit there that long but um <laughs> definitely uh, that, i'm also a photographer you're dumb <laughs> I, i'm cafeteria talk has been shut down uh it, it, this is the final episode <laughs> no i'm just playing um no, I'm also a photographer and I I absolutely love taking pictures, uh being able to freeze moments and you know, you can create so many different things with it. I've done I've done so many different shoots where I've, you know, experimented with different things. I literally tell everybody I shoot, I'm like, yo, I'm just like experimenting, like just bear with me, like let's just try to make some make some fire stuff. And I have I've connected with other photographers. I know me and Rob have, have talked I've talked uh talk shop. Uh Brian uh with Ghost Visuals, we've we've done some stuff. And it's really fun to go out and location scout. Like, I'll never forget one time I was with Brian uh, and Justin, I think it was with. And we were just driving around. Like, I think we were somewhere downtown. We were in, like, definitely in the hood. And we were just driving around. And, like, we oh, were driving. We looked, we looked our, I think we were around there. Springfield we looked, is really good. We looked around. We looked to okay. our left. And we, and we literally see this beautiful Moroccan shrine. Like, just in the like plot smack dab in the middle of the hood we were like uh, what okay bro no, I, I know this and we spot. get out um 
I know the spot downtown, it's literally just an alleyway full of like beautiful, full, full of graffiti. It's so amazing. Like graffiti and murals. Is it right by the, uh, that pet place? I don't know. It's, um, it's in the That's alleyway, like behind, um, the alleyway where the Florida theater is, it's in that whole, it's on that block. Oh, no, oh, no. Nah. That's not it. Oh, so like I feel like I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Because my family reunion happened in a hotel that was not too far from there. And we I thought you were about to say it happened in the alley. I was about to be like, oh. Oh, no, sir. <laughs> Honestly, my family from Chicago, but they still alley, don't go in alleys, my guy. That's a no, dope alleyway to have a family reunion, and I'm not going to lie. <laughs> but yeah, I was down there. Yeah, we can have... <laughs> Cause it, I I think that that when we found when we found the shrine like literally we got out the car parked and they they happened to be having some type of festival there so we were able to get tons of shots um from that from that event and it was really really cool and just being able to, to take people I've I've shot people that have never really been in front of a camera before and I brought out their beauty and they're just like I look like this what I'm like yo if you just you know just do it. I would. I mean, I love doing shoots for people. I think it's um, so interesting to bring out the beauty you didn't know people people could be in. Um, but that, you know, of course, we all do the podcasting here, and I, I've really enjoyed doing this uh, so far. Um, I've started to to do, jot down some ideas for stuff that I want to uh, maybe think about writing, or because um, I think I got some pretty good ideas. I actually started storyboarding one of them because it just the the scenes were literally popping up in my head of like what they will look like. And I started storyboarding them and I'm, I'm excited to see what I do with it. Cause I think it, it's a pretty original idea, but uh, is there anything else? Do I, do I do anything else? I'm, you would think I'd know all the mediums that I do. I think that's pretty much it. Drawing photography art. Um, but yeah, that's, so that's where, that's where I'm at with it. But as we move on to the third question, so what do you do? What's what's kind of you guys is like process when, you know, when you're sitting down, like Rob, when you're sitting down, right about to write that script or you're about to make that new song or I'm about to draw that new picture. Like, what's your process? What goes through your mind when you're about to start this creative process? So, like, how do I start it up and what goes through my mind? Yeah. Well, when script wise, well, script wise with writing a script or writing any story that I do, the first thing that goes through my mind is. What do I want to be the beginning and the end? How do I want it to begin? How do I want it to end? And what is the main thing I want people to get out of the story? That's the first thing that comes through my mind. And um, that I think the beginning stages is honestly like when it comes to writing just in general is the hardest thing for me because I like if it's an original idea. I always because like I always pinpoint or make up different beginnings and ends and beginnings and ends and middles. I I, mm-hmm. create, I I make so many different ideas to see which one will work the best. And I, I write them down, put them in my notebook, and then I go back because I, I would say I would take a good three. It, once I come up with an idea, it takes me a good three weeks to start writing a script for it because that's my whole thing. I write all the synopsis of how it's going to start, how it's going to end. And the stuff that happens in the middle. And then I go back and look at all of them and be like, okay, this one is honestly boo-boo. Why would you think that? And this one actually makes sense. This goes along with the theme of what I'm trying to push out. And once I do that, because like I think it just helps with like showing how I think and how I process stuff. Because 
I love to listen to different like directors, um, writers in general on how they go about with writing things just to see how I'm similar, or how I'm different to them. And it shows that we all have different ways that we go about doing things. And that's my way. Like when I want to make a story or anything, I literally, at first I didn't do this. And DJ Nua, I think DJ Nua kind of put, kind of cultivated, not cultivated. I don't think that's the right word. Kind of helped me to start doing this where I was like, Hey, you should, before you do anything, you should write it out, write it down and make sure it works before you shoot it. Because at first I had an idea. I'm like, boom, I'm gonna go with it. And I will shoot it. And then I'm sitting here like, okay, that doesn't work. I got to shoot it again. This is a way better thing of doing this. And, and I had to sit back and realize, okay, I am wasting time. I should really just sit back and write down the whole thing, the whole synopsis, the whole scene, how it really is going to work out to make sure that it'll work. So that's how I go about writing scripts. Now, when it comes to video shoots, like video, um, I literally go out, like if I'm going to shoot like on a location or something, I drive out there a couple of days before and I look at the scene, make sure it's what I want. I mark down everything like, okay, I'm going to shoot it here, 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 here. I take pictures and then I go back and I make sure everything is set. And that's how I go about recording, you know, that's that. And then of course the whole editing process is something totally different, but yeah, that's how I go about writing and shooting synopsis for about three weeks, scenes into script writing, and then to shooting. That's how I go about doing my videos. That's how I go about doing it. Cause it takes, it's actually a long process that I had to learn to accept. I wasn't patient at first, mm-hmm. but now I'm, I'm real patient when it comes to making videos. Cause I know it's a, this is something I want to do. It doesn't happen overnight. It takes time. So yeah, definitely. What about you? Did you know, you want me to go ahead and go? Uh, wait, which question are we on? I'm sorry. I was like someone throwing. Uh, wrong question. Num- oh, question. number three. We were talking about kind of our process and how we, what goes through our mind when we, at the, when we're at the beginning uh, stages of our process. Okay. Um, well, it, it really depends on what I'm doing. Like, for example, like with the music, it's kind of the opposite of what I've been telling Slick to do with his scripts, because, you know, you kind of, you know, like you come up with an idea, you have to do it right then and there or else you're going to lose it. So I work on it. And then if I decide it doesn't work, then, you know, I move on to the next one or I can find something new in there and then, you know, just branch off. But with music, it's one of those things where you have to go like, all in with your idea and not fully all in, but all in until you realize that, Hey, this is going to work or Hey, this isn't going to work. Let's try something different. And it, it's really all about finding someone else who shares your creative process or being able to make your creative process work for you with music. Like I will sit down for hours just going through samples. Be like, okay, I like this one. Okay. I don't like this. I don't like this. I like this. I don't like this. I don't like this. Not will not will not have made a single like piece of music, but at the same time I know I like this. I'll come back and use this whenever I like that. I'll come back and use it whenever I needed this at the third. Or if I have a specific project in mind, I know I can use this for the project. I can flip this, use this, or I can use that. Um, DJing it's 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 similar. You have to just go through hours of music. You know, you're like mm-hmm. I like this one. Put it in a folder. I don't like this. Don't like that. Uh. That song's trash. And then like weeks later, the song you thought was trash is blowing up. 
So then you have to go back. All right, I mm-hmm. like this. Then you find remixes of that song. Okay, fine. This, that, the third. And now, now with acting, it's it's a much slower process. And th- that's why I was kind of telling Slick to slow down with his thing, because with um, acting, you really have to get into your character. You have to um, figure out why the character is doing this. And I remember this is something that I said, that one of my mentors said. He, he used to tell me, he was like, you have to make choices. Okay, okay, why? And you make the choice. Why'd you make that choice? Because you told me to make the choice? No. Why did, your, why did you make that choice? No, no, I'm not talking to Nua. I'm talking to George Murchison. Why did you make that choice? And then you have to, like, mm. you have to explain, like, every single aspect. Because, you know, in acting, even though you do something for no reason, there's still a reason behind it. Like, if you say, why'd you do that? I don't know. I just felt like it. Okay, why'd you feel like it? Like, you have to actually go through your entire internal thought process of your character before you can just say your character did something. It's a very materialist yeah. process. And if you rush it, it can come off as forced. Like, for example, there's one scene in our Black Panther thing where I'm supposed to get emotional. And I, for some reason, I just couldn't get it. So, like, I watched that scene and I cringe because I'm like, yo, I am terrible. Hmm. I don't even want to know what the scene was, but I might know what the scene was, so I'm just gonna leave it at this that. This necklace belonged to my father. <laughs> <That's> uh, <laughs> oh, next motion, next motion, next motion. Hey, what you, you? It's like it's like that meme I posted on uh, Cafeteria Talks Instagram uh, a few a few days ago. I th- no, I think it was my personal Instagram. I put it on my story, and it was for some reason Tony Stark was on the on the graphic. Didn't know why. Didn't make a lot of sense why he was there, but it basically was like. Uh, your first podcast is gonna be is gonna be awful. Your first script's gonna be awful. Your first song's gonna be awful. Your first this is gonna be awful. Your first piece is gonna be awful. But you won't have your first till you get your fifty. Mm-hmm. Just f it and do it. And that's what it is. I mean, your first movie may not be the best thing in the world, but hopefully, hopefully, by the time you get to your fiftieth movie, you put in out quality stuff. Right. That's why it's all about growth. Yeah. Like, and for me, like, exactly. that's why like I haven't taken down like my earliest things off of like any of my. Socials like you can see my earliest videos, my earliest uh, uh, mixes, and they're horrible. But I keep them there because mm. people need to see the growth. They need to know that you weren't always putting out what you're putting out now. I won't be putting out the same thing in ten years. Like, and if I am, yeah. then something got to change. Exactly. Mm-hmm. I love to do that with the uh, old art pieces. I, I kept, I've kept. I've got pieces from when I was in kindergarten. And I've kept them just to show the growth. And you literally can look at my work and be like, oh, he's gotten better over the years and it continues to get better. Mm-hmm. And so, like, in terms of, like, drawing, when, I, when I'm when i sitting there with that blank sheet of paper, um, you know, I, I formulate, when, especially drawing. I've had this funk for the absolute longest. I do not know why this is. I've always been, it's always been very hard for me to, to, to create original pieces. Um, I've gotten better kind of over the years, but... I literally could draw you and Robert right now as you are exactly how you look. No issues at all. But if you told me to come up with like my own idea, it would take me a minute. I'd be like, what am I supposed to draw? Like what? But I can draw Batman or anybody else perfectly to the T. But it's just one of those things where I have to kind of sit and think about something that I want to express. And that's why I'm glad I took art classes because they 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 take you out of that box of they don't necessarily tell you what to draw. They tell you. Uh, what do you feel and draw it and a lot of my better pieces have come from those classes just just sit down you know just draw something original Mm -hmm. and it honestly makes you a better artist and 
another one a medium i didn't mention is is definitely production and which is is a beast in and of itself but literally i'm a huge planner i'm i'm literally planning i'm a planner to a fault because if it don't go if it don't go my way i get pretty flustered and get frustrated but um being able to sit there and plan every how everything looks and i'm i'm a very visual person so i i know how i want it to look when i when the final product comes to my head so i do my best to get it there and i know how it looks and when i see that it's the way i want it to look that's how it goes so when i've done shows or i've done um any type of production it goes off pretty well because i literally have planned it out and I know what it looks like. I write it down. I draw it out. However, in, however way I can get it down to where people I can understand and other people that are working with me can understand it. And so I start on production and then photography, uh, similar to what Robert does. I go out to location and I may, I may look at it for a minute and, you know, kind of make, get, get a shot plan together, look at other people's shot plans and glean some uh, inspiration from them. Um, but it's definitely something where, you have to get with your photography. I've learned is very, very personal mm-hmm. and it's different for everybody you shoot with. And so when I sit down and have a comp- that consultation with that person who may not have been in front of a camera before or has been in front of cameras before and feeling like what they want to convey with these pictures, it, it, it makes it all the while of, you know, what, what I want to get done. Now, do I have shot plans and does it not, does it not go as, as planned all the time? But it's all about adapting. Art is about adapting, and that's what I love about it. Um, but as we as we uh, continue on, is being a creative hard? Yes, um, in a sense. Yeah. Just because, at least for me, my brain does not stop moving, and that that's been the hardest mm-hmm. thing, especially with this whole COVID crisis. Like I had a plan of what I was going to do when the semester was done. Like I was hoping that I could be going back and forth from Atlanta at at, at this point in, in life. And, you know, doing... Doing, doing what? Acting shots. Oh. Yeah. Like, I was in talks with people who they host, like, a bunch of different filmings for a bunch of different things every single week, and they're all paid. So, like, I, ha- I had this yeah. idea, this is the third, and then when COVID started, you know, in March with the lockdowns when they started, like, okay, if people follow the rules, this should be gone soon. And then people didn't follow the rules and it's May the 13th as of recording date. And it's still not over. The things are reopening when they shouldn't because people aren't following the rules, even though they're supposed to. Like if someone's telling you to put on a mask, put it on and don't beat them up and don't shoot them. Jeez. But um, mm. yeah. And so but you, you, my mind is always moving. It doesn't stop. And when I finally give myself time for it to stop, I feel like I shouldn't be doing this. I feel like I have something I should be doing. I don't know what it is, but there's something I should be doing. And that's kind of like how I feel, especially in being in lockdown. Like I can't do what I feel like I could be doing. Like at this Mm -hmm. point, I'm trying to build a demo reel and I've got the stuff from our Black Panther, but I want to do other things to build it up better. And at right. this point, don't throw I, Black Panther in the trash. <laughs> well, it's, it's, don't throw it in the trash. There, there are there are some definitely there are some moments of gold in there, and you know it. Of course mm. I do. I, I I directed it. Of course it is. <laughs> most of it, most of it can most of it can go in the trash. Most of it can go in the trash because we honestly, I if I'm being honest, and you can be honest, we don't know what in God's name we were doing until probably the fourth video for crying out loud. And, but <laughs> and, and, and even then, we still had a lot to learn. 
we still did. And that's why, like you said, I keep, I have not, I thought about deleting all of my Black Panther videos on my YouTube, but actually I didn't realize that's actually some of my most viewed videos. So I keep it on there. And because I, I learn, I go back and watch and realize, okay, we're not going to do that again. That didn't work out. That worked out. What did we do? So I still keep it on there. It, it shows growth and it helps me learn. Going back and watching what I did wrong helps me learn a lot to show where I am now. And another thing, at least that's what helped me out is um, just learning how other people did it and finding, uh, finding ways we can do the same thing. Like um, how I showed you with the force perspective. And, um, and there's like a lot of, like I've been watching, I think I did, I don't know if I ever put them on, but the Corridor crew have been doing this uh, uh, visual effects artists react to good and bad CGI. And they will like break down, okay, this is what I think they did. And but here's what's wrong with it, and here's how they could fix it. And they go through it, they like they detail like, you know, shadowing, light sources, um, texturing. I've learned all the stuff about VFX and I've never even opened uh After Effects or anything like that. But I can still yeah, nothing like getting to a level of mastery where you can look at somebody else's work and figure out how they did it. Like um the gra I've I've been getting getting a lot more into graphic design. And I've literally gotten to the point where I can like major league people that use graphics, major pages and stuff on Instagram and stuff. Um, I'm literally looking at their graphics. I'm like, I know exactly how you created this graphic. Right. Just by looking at it. Right. And they've broken down like big movies. Like they've broken down. They actually had the guy who worked on um, Avengers Endgame go through and they went and found the mistakes in Endgame. Like there's this, oh, wow. there's this moment right before Thanos snaps his fingers where um some of the some of the armor plates on his hand clip through and you can see them going through each other he's like oh dang it we missed that wow and like this that's is the main that worked on the movie going yep we missed that interesting that's honestly very fun to watch that is very fun to watch yeah honestly. corridor crew man i, I would I love say um i would definitely say that being a creative is is incredibly hard um sometimes finding inspiration is very hard um, or when you've got an idea, but you just don't know how to make it, your skill, your skill set may not allow you to really, uh, cultivate that idea fully Black yet Panther. or, uh, yeah, something like Black Panther or some of my, some of my drawings, like, I'll know how I want to look in my head and then I'll draw it. I'll be like, this is not what I wanted, mm -hmm. but, um, so I, that's definitely hard in that aspect. And then a lot of people will not understand, uh, the work you do. Um, or understand just how hard it was to make what you did do. Cause you know, most people see most people, like I'll take like YouTubers, for example, most people see the three minute YouTube video, but I've known YouTubers that, that it takes three weeks for them to make, to put out a three, a three minute video. Mm -hmm. And it, it, yep. it, they don't, people don't understand the work that really goes into what we do to create. I mean, like how long did it take us to get everything set up today? Or tonight. Yeah, so yeah. We were supposed to record at eleven thirty, but then I had I got I got mixed up, and then we still had some technical difficulties starting out. Started but we here. We finally made it. So my computer <laughs> got messed up. I wish I had. Yeah. Um, body. Um, I wouldn't. I wasn't even gonna try to go hard because I know he's gonna roast me because I was gonna miss the note. So honestly, I, I wouldn't even gonna try because I knew we all on a di uh, difference because you know we're all calling in. Yeah, we're all and, calling in. And also, everyone did I answer the question? No, nah, you no. didn't, Rob. It's your turn. Oh, I didn't? Yeah. Yeah, well, being a, of course, it is hard. I think for me, it's hard when, in my aspect, when 
you make something or you come up with something, but then you have to scratch it because of what's going on around you and the people that you're working with. Like me, I have to work with a lot of people to convey a story because mm. I write it out and do that and this and that. But when, when I can't physically get it done to a certain extent because of what's going on, like this whole thing with COVID, I had so many ideas lined up on videos. I was going to write and shoot and all that. And also to get back into getting back into developing to be a better actor so I can understand on how to just, how I would, how the actors should, or how I would act in a certain sense to be able to connect better with people I work with. I couldn't do that because of COVID and all this good stuff. And I'm just like, dang. So it's hard. It is hard. But I think that's the best part about it because even in, I think your best ideas come when your back is against the wall. Like even, of course, we're going to bring it back up. Black Panther. It was a point in time where Black Panther was going to end. Literally, it was only going to be four videos, like four, four videos. But a situation happened and it's a very funny situation, but it really (sighs) made me upset. And, you know, I had to literally change up the entire, basically the entire story. And I'm like, are you kidding? I wrote this out. I wrote all these scripts and this one little situation happens the day we're supposed to shoot and we have to change everything around. And it was very, very hard. It's a funny thing. It's funny to laugh at, but I was very upset and I'm just like, oh, but I ended up that's that that happening actually helped me come up with a better story, even though even that got scratched, too, because everything schedules just got all mixed up and everything and it happens and i couldn't get mad because i saw that as a learning curve i'm like this is a real learning curve for me even though i never got to tell the full story i wanted to tell it taught me something and it is hard to be a creative but you learn from it and i think that's the best thing learning which is definition change in behavior you change Mm -hmm. and you become better through mistakes and i'm that's about being creative. It's hard, but it's good because you learn and you get better. Mm-hmm. And you definitely, yeah. That man was um, Okay. Changing next question. So the world is full of great creators. What are some of your uh, favorite creators? Creators that you may look to for inspiration or to learn from? Um, just out there right now, like some creators that you look up to and may, may want to learn from in the future. Well, you want me to go first? Yeah, you can go. Uh, whoever, whoever wants to go. Yeah. Okay. Um, we should really, we should really make a flow. Who goes first? Because I'd be so confused, y'all. But anyway, one of my favorite... we'll go, we'll go. You, Shanuud, and me. <laughs> bet, bet, bet. So, anyway, but one of my favorite creators right now is definitely Donald Glover, aka Childish Gambino. Um, I've looked up to him since I was in middle school. I think eighth grade is when I first heard of Gambino. Yeah, I think I started first saw him on Community or whatever, but that man, singer, rapper, actor, he can dance a little bit. He's not a professional dancer, but he got he got groove. So, you know what I'm saying? He's one of my favorite creatives right now. I loved how he made Atlanta. I love his show Atlanta and I love the different projects he does and the music he does like he's a very, very interesting person. Um to like listen to and talk to just when he sits here and talks because he he's very nonchalant and laid back about certain things but he literally 
anytime I listen to him talk, I'm like, bro, this dude is so open-minded and very smart. And it's a favorite thing. And I know there's another one. Um, John Favreau, um, the guy, the famous guy behind Iron Man, what he's been doing with the Mandalorian and all these good stuff, all hats off to him. Goaded. And Dave Filoni, Dave Filoni, um, big guy there. And one more director I would say is, um, what is his name? Not the, is it the, I can't remember which Russo it is, but the, mm, I don't know which Russo it is. Joe or Anthony. I don't know. I can't tell them apart, but bump at the Russo brothers, um, how they've been able to develop their company and all that based Mm. off of the success they had in Marvel. Cause that's like what I want to do. Like I want to work for a big company or like direct a movie for like a small company, make enough money so I can open up my own studio to help out and like develop my own individual stuff. And the fact they did that is very inspiring to me. Cause like, that's literally what I want to do as a career. I want to work with, work with movies and then make enough money that I can open up my own studio and people can work with me and work for me. And like, they're doing that right now. And I think that's just gas. Cause like, Chinua said it. They read my mind. Like the Russos read my mind. So it's pretty, it's pretty dope to see. Like those, the, those four or three guys. But yeah. Yeah. Let me those piggyback off creators. of something you said for a second. Uh, going off topic just a tad bit. But uh, anyone else just upset that they just keep releasing these casting announcements from Mandalorian season two? Like they done spoiled all the good stuff from the new season. Honestly, I don't like it. I don't. I did because I, I noticed, but like having paying, been paying attention enough to really care—not care, but just like, like I'm just like it's like once I see it, I'm not gonna go actively like look into it. So like I'll probably forget it by the time the new show comes out. I'm hoping that's what happens to me, but like everyone keeps making a meme about it, and I'm like, stop! It's gonna get ingrained into my brain. Um, it but is, moving forward, about a few of my favorite creators, I'm gonna instead of going like maybe right now. Because I'm going to go like maybe my all time and a few of like my right now creators. Um, all time. Um, of course, you guys are definitely going to know the first one is uh, first and foremost. <gasps> Where are Yankovic? <laughs> but like, uh, no, but yeah, but seriously, um, I'm going to start with him. Where are Yankovic? Just because, um, you know, when I was growing up, like I would always listen to his music. Um, it was really him who got me into like my first my first song that I wrote was a parody and I got the idea of doing parodies from Weird Al Yankovic. So Weird Al is basically a huge influence on uh, just who I am as a person just because I've always listened to his music since I was like three years old. Secondly, who everyone thought was going to be first, Michael Jackson. Um, It's funny because it's, it's funny because growing up, my two favorite songs were Weird Al songs. It was Eat It, and it was fat parody of beat it and bad, uh, respectively. And, um, and it was, I, I wasn't, I think I was maybe like five, maybe even six when I realized that eat it and fat weren't, you know, original songs. They were parodies, but I still didn't know they were mm. Michael Jackson songs. It wasn't until he died. I realized, Oh, you know, I, I was a smart kid, but I wasn't a smart kid. Like I was smart, but yeah, like that. You know, there was just some things I just didn't put together until a lot later. And that was one of them. Like when Michael, when I learned that Michael Jackson wrote Beat It and Fat, I mean, Beat It and Been Bad, I'm like, <laughs> huh, 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 huh. 
So I just feel like, you know, Michael Jackson music has always been a very integral part of my life. You know, just even through parodies, you know, there's, there, there's a reason why those two were always my favorites. And I just feel like there's something about him that inspires me. I'm constantly listening to his music, trying to figure out how he writes. And I'm starting to figure out his style, but I'm still, it, it's not an easy thing to get into. Cup two. Oh.